Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Good morning, Pathway. I'm going to be reading to you today from 1 Kings 17, starting at verse 17. Elijah raises the widow's son. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill, and his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. And she said to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. And he said to her, Give me your son. And he took him from her arms and carried him up into the upper chamber where he lodged and laid him on his own bed. And he cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. And the life of the child came into him again, and he was revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. All right, thanks for joining us again this morning. We are going to be doing the third part in our series called Times Like These. And we've been going over, Pastor Nathan spoke for the first two. This one's going to be a little bit of a different format, but it's a bit of a different topic too. Because today we're going to be talking about what do we do when everything goes wrong? What do we do when everything goes wrong? And we we talked about in the first week of this series, there was this, this famine in the land, but God provided for Elijah in miraculous ways. He didn't even have to do anything, but God was providing water for him and food for him, wasn't he? Yeah. And one of the big ideas with this three-week series that we've been in is that in unprecedented times, God will provide in unprecedented ways. And it's sort of an act of faith to look out and to see that God will care for us, provide for us, meet our needs in ways we would have never imagined, and kind of open our our, our minds and our eyes uh, with faith to see how God will do that. And so we've been doing that, and God fed him miraculously through ravens, bread, meat, hamburgers, and everything's great. And then all of a sudden, the brook dries up. It's like, what? What's going on? And so then all of a sudden, God now directs him to a place that's not even in Israel. He's going to a Gentile nation. And he sends him to a poor widow that has no food. He's like, oh, she'll feed you. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, and so God will require us to change because it's only in the change that we really will trust him and yeah. continue to have faith in him. And so, yeah. And, and yeah. God does it in such a different way. That's yeah. the thing that's so interesting. God, yeah. it, in the first part, it, God just does it. Yeah. It's miraculous. The second part, there's steps of faith that have to be taken. Yeah. And, and now this brings us to this third week that we're on right now. And if you're writing the story, if I'm writing the story, if anyone watching this is writing the story, this is where we want it to just end. Like, you know what? The, the prophet and the widow became long, fast friends. And this, this widow's son grew up to be like the president of whatever country he's in. He was this great yeah. success. That's kind of how we want it to end, right? We want it to end with a happily ever after, yeah. don't we? If I was writing it, that's the way it's supposed to end. And I, honestly, this phrase, I, I know you guys have heard this phrase. We've all heard it. It's how stories end. It's how good movies always end with a happily ever after. Because yeah. I really feel like there's something God has wired into us that we desire a happily ever after. 
we desire that everything ends well, that there's health and prosperity and relationships are mended. And so you watch the Disney movies and the princess gets the prince and the prince gets the princess and, and the, the town is saved and all of that stuff. And it's like, and, and they lived happily ever after. And if I was writing the story, I'd be like, God fed the prophet. He, the, the bread and the oil, you know, never ran out. That's where we'd end the story. And they lived happily ever after. And of course, <laughs> that's not the case that's, here. That's not what happens. Yeah. This is, this is a real, this is a real story. And honestly, uh, some of those movies, you ever seen a movie that doesn't end happily ever after? Yeah. How frustrating is that? Yeah. <laughs> you like expect the, the guy and the girl to get together at the end of the movie and then like. One of them dies. One of them dies. Yeah. And, and then in the credits roll, and you're like, what? You've been ripped off because they stole your happily ever after. Yeah. And it's, my wife Jessica and the kids have been watching this old TV series called Christy. And it's set in like the 1800s in the hills of Kentucky. And this, <laughs> this girl goes up to, to teach kids in a school. And, and while she's there, she kind of falls for two different guys. You know, one's a pastor. And the kids were all rooting for her to marry the pastor. And then one of them, one of them was a doctor. I think yeah. she wanted to marry the doctor. He had more money. <laughs> but they got these two different men. And, and like the whole series, there's like this love triangle going on. And at the end of the second series, they watched for like weeks. They're watching these every night trying to get to the end. And the kids just were so excited to see who she'd pick. And then at the end of the movie, one of them's proposing. The other one runs in. And the show and the series ends right there. It's so frustrating. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Never to be seen from again, right? Yeah, because they literally like stole the happily ever after. Yeah. And it's so, so frustrating. And I think, you know what, as we continue in the story, we're going to see that very thing yeah. in this story. You're looking True. at the, the miracles that happened. You look mm-hmm. at this widow, what she must be feeling at the end of the previous message. Yeah. She's ready for happily ever after, but it doesn't go that way. And we're going to start uh, reading in First Kings uh, chapter 17, starting in verse 17. Where it says, after this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill. So that's not happily ever after. Nope. But his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. He died. That is not yeah. happily ever after. It doesn't even make sense. No. Like at this point in the story, don't you just go, what? Like God's providing miraculously so they could eat. And then the kid gets a fever and dies or whatever. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And I honestly think, if you're watching this today... Man, if you've ever experienced a what moment where you stop and go, what? Like, what just happened? Why is this happening? Right? That's, it's, it's like, this doesn't make sense. This isn't the way it's supposed to go. This isn't. What happened to my happily ever after? You ever asked that question? Yeah. What yeah. happened to mine? Yeah. And I, we, we've seen that any person that's listening to this or watching this message right now, you've experienced this. And, and we do in some really big ways, maybe some other more trivial ways, but I, I remember, uh, my wife and I started dating when we were in high school. And then a few years later, we get married. And then a few year, late, years later, we're getting ready to welcome our first child into this world. It's an exciting time, right? Yeah. And, and you're really excited to meet this child yourself, obviously, but then to share this experience with loved ones, with friends. And that was our happily ever after. We were excited about that. And Dawson was born and... We had one quiet night, and then it was about nine months of him screaming. Dawson was colicky. It was not happily ever after. All those first meetings that were so special, the friends that you really wanted to introduce your new son to, he just screamed in their face the other the entire time. It is not a, at all what we expected. Yeah, and then so obviously he grew out of the colic, and he's been a perfect child ever since. Absolutely. Just ask him. 
Awkward, awkward <laughs> chuckle there. Dawson's a great kid. Yes. You know, but awesome. the point is, is that you know uh, our faith grows through uncertainty, and and that's really been one of the themes of this series: faith through uncertainty, right? So that whether things are going well, whether things are not going well, our faith is growing through it all, through it, through uncertainty. And there's yeah. something about uncertainty, like not knowing, is kind of scary. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are experiencing that at this time. Yeah. Like if someone told me, if you go through that door, there's an axe murder then I, I'm just going to get myself a shield and I'm going to go through there and it's like, okay, I know what's coming. So even though it's dangerous, there's not the uncertainty, but if you tell me there's something dangerous and you don't tell me what it is, how can I prepare for it? And there's something about uncertainty. There's something about not knowing uh, that is, I don't know, there's something we're physiologically wired to hate uncertainty. There's just something about it. Like not knowing is, is sometimes the worst. And, and here in our story, like this just happened and nobody knows why. And, and honestly, what happens in those moments matters. Yeah, and it's absolutely. our faith growing through uncertainty. A lot of people mistakenly think that faith grows like like this. Yeah. And I wish it did, because yep. that, that is really easy. And you get to the top really quickly, right? Yeah, yeah this, this is so smooth and predictable, but really, life is way more uncertain. Faith doesn't grow like this. It actually grows like, like that. Yeah. And, you know, I know that's not a fun thing to look at, but in reality, that that's how our faith grows. This is how everything grows, by the way, like... If you look at a tree, trees grow like this, right? Like spring and summer, things are going really well. And then the fall, the tree starts to really struggle. And it gets cold and the leaves fall and it gets frost. And then it gets to a really low point and spring comes again. And it begins to grow and grow up and down, up and down. That's how things grow. And and you may recognize this pattern somewhere else right now. Because there's so many of us right now with with this COVID-19 thing happening. The stock markets are going nuts. And a lot more down than up for a lot of days. But it's it's the same principle. This is the Dow Jones from 1950 to past to present day. And as you can see, there are some significant ups and downs. Now, at the end of the day, as we go from this side all the way to the right, it is going up. It is, but it is not a smooth ride. It is a far cry from that line that you saw earlier, right? Yep, that's true. And I would say too, though, like what you do here in the down moment actually is going to determine where you end up. Absolutely. Right? Like, so this is the whole thing. Like, when everyone's panicking, smart people are buying. Yeah. Right? So there's a counterintuitive response. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. Like, it doesn't make sense that faith in God when everything's going wrong. But, man, when you do, it changes the end of the story in a big way. Yeah. This is how our faith grows. Through the ups, through the downs. Yeah. That's how our faith grows. If you can put that, that squiggly line back up for me, Rhea. Um, because I'll tell you, like, this this is also true of relationships, right? Like, you get married, maybe this is that first peak. I mean, this is a real happily, not a happily ever after, a happy. You know, this is you. This is you getting married. This is three months later. You know, this is you. You've got had some kids and everything's going really great. You think you're a super parent. And then they become teenagers, you know. And then we can keep going. And then you go on and then your kids all leave and it's empty nest. Like, up and down. And the best relationships aren't the ones where everything was perfect all the time. The, the best marriages are the ones that stick it up through thick and thin, that continue to grow through the rough patches together instead of apart. Yeah. Right? So this is how we grow. And what happens in the low moments actually really, really matters because faith grows through the ups and the downs. And down. if, you're, if you're watching this with somebody, you just turn them. Your faith grows through the ups and the downs. And the downs. <laughs> and the down. yeah. That's and, how it grows. And there will be downs. Yes, there will. There will be downs for each and every one of us. There's going to be downs. Um, but as we go through this story, and, and as you just look at your own life, yeah. you'll notice that when tragedy strikes, we have a choice. Where are we going to look? When yeah. tragedy strikes, where will you turn? Like, y- you might turn 
for some people, when tragedy strikes, they turn to alcohol, to drugs. Yep. Uh, they might turn to working a lot more. There, yep. There's so much, There's an abundance of opportunities of where we can uh, turn. But right. as we go through the story, are we going to be turning to the right place? Yes. And that's a big and a, a really important question. Yep. And uh, so we're going to see. We're going to start reading again in verse 18, and we're going to um, see where this widow looks first and and she said to elijah what have you against me O man of god you have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son yeah wow she she's asking why yeah who hasn't asked why yeah when 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 everything goes wrong when everything goes exactly the way you didn't expect it to the first thing you do is why is this happening and she actually surprising to me she doesn't ask she doesn't blame it on god which is where a lot of us turn she actually goes, are you bringing my sin to my remembrance? She's saying, is it my fault? Is it something I did? In fact, she knows she's done things wrong, and so do you. But she's like, hey, like, is it is it my sin, or is it you? Did you do something wrong? Did you make God angry? Why? She's asking why this is happening, and she's yeah. questioning. And, and honestly, her faith is really shaken in this moment. And I think it's really important uh, that we're reminded, especially at this time, that God is not intimidated by our questions and doubts. Oh, that's that's so important, right? Because every single one yeah. of us, all of us, yeah. have those questions. We have doubts. Yeah. And that's okay, wherever you are in your faith journey. For some people, you might have a ton of them right at the beginning of mm-hmm. your faith journey. You're just going to have so many questions, and, and some of them are really big questions. That's okay. God's not intimidated by our questions. He's not intimidated by our doubts. That's right. Yeah. No, that's true. And so uh, what happens next? Yeah, as we get, as we go through, so first we get to see um, what her response was at first. Now we look at Elijah's, and he said to her, "Give me your son." And he took him from her arms and carried him up into the upper chamber where he lodged, and laid him on his own bed. And he cried to the Lord. And I just look at the first part of this. When I first read this, I'm like, "Where's the empathy? Where's the grieving with this lady? Where's the?" But he was looking somewhere else, wasn't he? He was looking somewhere very different. He actually just grabs the sun yeah. and takes off. I can't imagine being in that scenario. For sure. Honestly, Elijah takes the child and he brings the child to the Lord in prayer. That's yeah. what he does. The thing that fascinated me when I read this first time was that he didn't he didn't try to explain to her. She's asking why. Is it me? Is it you? Is it the government? Is it you know, is it the devil? Yeah. Like she could be asked all these questions, like, why is this happening? And he doesn't sit there and give her a theological answer. Well, good things happen. Bad things happen to good people. Oh, the Lord wanted your child in heaven. Oh, this will all work out for God's glory. Like, there's no theology. There's no explanation. There's no, let me explain to you why this happened. He does what you and I should do. He takes the situation and he runs to God with it. Yeah. Like, there's like if you hear nothing else today, if you just take that idea, it's like, okay, I'm in the midst of something. I don't understand. I have questions. I have fears. I have doubts. If instead of talking about them, complaining about them, you know, trying to get answers. Take your problem, take your situation, take your fears and doubts to God. What? How would that change us if that was our first step? Yeah. When life's spiraling down, we need to look up. Yeah. We need to look up. And, and I say we because it's we. It's all of us. It's every single person. Even if you don't think this is the case for you, yes. everyone listening to this, us for sure up here, like, we need to look up. Yeah. And and for some people right now, in, in this current climate with COVID-19, uh, people have lost jobs. Yeah. 
Um, there's others that are forced to go to a job that they don't feel safe at. There's people that are experiencing loneliness mm-hmm. that before they thought what lonely felt like, but now they know what lonely feels like. Yeah. Like it is a hard place. And and I just wanted to point out um, everyone to this video. You may have seen it on Facebook. We've just started posting some encouragement videos, and, and it's some of you that are just sharing a scripture, a thought yeah. uh, that encourages you. And, the, and this week, Sarah McIsaac, uh, this wasn't even planned, um, but she shared a couple verses from Psalm 121 that says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help from where uh, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. So when trouble comes, yeah. we need to look up. Yeah. And honestly, that's not natural. No. That's not our normal inclination. Like when things go wrong, Brown of that fears, panic, right? Yeah. It's why is this happening? And somebody explain it and who's got a verse and who can explain the why and the how. Yeah. And in those moments, the best thing we can do is is take it to the Lord. Literally. I was thinking of that song, you know that old hymn? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Have you trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? I'm making up the words. Get this man a guitar. Yeah, get this man a guitar. <laughs> but it's like, take it to the Lord in prayer. It's yeah. the same idea. It's exactly what Elijah does. Yeah. Problem, I don't have the answer. God. Yeah. Yeah. How's that for a message? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say a pretty so, solid one. Yeah, but, I think so. So that's what he does. He grabs the sun and he goes immediately to the Lord. And this is what he cries. In verse 20, it says, And he cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity up even upon the widow with whom I sojourned by killing her son? He's got questions too. Yeah. How did those words, have you, have yeah. you brought? He's asking the question because he doesn't know. Yeah. And sometimes people come to me and they're like, Oh, Pastor Nathan, because you put that title, Pastor, means yeah. the person knows everything about yeah. God and what he's doing. And, yeah. and people think that, you know, I've got it all figured out. And of course, I don't. Yeah, I actually don't have a lot of things figured out. I don't know if I should say that online, but, um, you know, it's like I have questions and doubts and fears, and, and I have a real marriage and real kids with struggles, and I have struggles, and I have doubts, and I have to wrestle, and I'm growing through the ups and downs just like you. And the thing that I have to do is the same thing that you have to do, and that's take it to the Lord. Yeah, and the same right? thing Elijah, this giant of faith. Yeah. Um, for this is Elijah, any, like Elijah, the this big is, guy. Yeah, yeah, this is Elijah. The prophet. And Elijah is asking these questions. Elijah is, in a sense, giving us permission to ask those questions. Yep. And, and and we're going to um, read what his actions are that yeah. followed up Pretty cool um, and these weird. questions. Pretty cool. Cool and weird. It, cool and weird. Yeah. Sorry, in verse 21. Whatever yeah. culture you're in, this was probably a little bit weird. <laughs> then he, Elijah, stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord, my God. Let this child's life come into him again. Yeah. This is this is crazy. Yeah. There's a couple things that stand out to me here. Uh, one of them is that Elijah prays to God about, like, there's no precedence for raising somebody from the dead. This has never happened in the Bible. It happens again later. But this is the first time. And so there's no, like, manual. There's no instruction manual, like, to raise someone from the dead, lay on yeah. them three times <laughs> and say, Lord, bring this. Like, there's just no, there's no formula for it. So he's just, he's just making this up. Like, he's just, he's literally just passionately pursuing God. And so that stands out to me that there's no precedent. The second thing that stands out to me is his persistence. Yeah. Like, that he doesn't pray once and be like, well, God didn't answer the prayer right away, so I guess God doesn't want to answer that prayer, so I guess I'll stop praying and doubt God. He just he continues to, to ask, and he continues to like 
fervently pursue God for answers. And honestly, he wouldn't have known whether God's going to say yes or no or later. And and you don't know sometimes with the things you're asking God for, whether he's going to answer them now, later, not. Yeah. But the fact was he trusted God and, and pursued him and just kept, and there's something about this persistence, yeah. you know, that's just like, I'm, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going to my God. Yeah, and I, I, I was actually thinking this as, as I'm reading this. I'm thinking about how many times have I myself um, been praying something and I pray it once and sometimes it's a really big thing and sometimes it's something that maybe seems kind of small and I'm like, oh, maybe God just doesn't care about this. Maybe, maybe this just isn't important. And, um, but that's, that's not the case here. It, it's, it's so incredible as, as you think about this, what would have happened if he would have stopped it too? What would have happened if he would have stopped it too? The story would have ended. Yeah. And I, I think of how many times in my life, and maybe you're the same, maybe in your life, you've been praying for something. Maybe there's something you've been praying for for years and you've just kind of given up. Maybe there's something else that you prayed once and you're just like, I guess that's just not God's will. That's, that's not to be. Yep. And so many times we'll just stop at one. Yep. And, and he doesn't. And look what happens next. Verse yeah. 22. Verse 22. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. Right there. That's incredible. The Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. I, I think about the number of times that I've been praying and through some really tough times. And you wonder if that prayer is just hitting the ceiling and bouncing back. Yep. You're wondering if anyone is hearing this. You're, you're wondering, am I just talking to myself and will that somehow help me? I don't know, but I think we can be assured that God is listening to our prayers and the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah and the life of the child came into him again and Mm -hmm. he revived. It's amazing that the Lord heard and and moved on his behalf. And there's something, I, I can't talk about it much because honestly, I don't understand it all, but I can tell you this, that there's something about pursuing God in faith that moves the hand of God on our behalf. And, and I can show you it all through Scripture. I can't explain it. I can't tell you why it works sometimes. It doesn't seem to work others. But I can tell you this, that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In other words, when someone believes God and continues to come to him in faith, yeah. God will actually do some stuff. He'll hear and answer. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. We get our happily ever after, kind yeah. of. <laughs> right? Because the child comes back to life. Yeah. God answers the prayer. And, and honestly, I, I'm thinking of this from the point of view of this widow. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the miracle happens in 22, um, but the excitement, the line shooting up in yeah. our little graph, that actually happens in 23, as any mother who's listening to this can attest, where it says, And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. Yeah. Talk about a high point. Yeah. Talk about a high point for the story. Yeah. And, and we could end the story there. He's alive! Yeah. Happily ever after, yeah. roll the Disney credits, and the story is over. But that's not the end of the story. There's another verse. And the next verse is really important because it sort of encapsulates this whole up and down trajectory that we're yeah. seeing in Elijah and the widow's life and, and in ours. And yeah. So if you'd read that last passage, yeah. and we'll talk about it. Yeah, verse 24. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, mm-hmm. and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. It's truth. It's it's powerful. Like now she knows she has gone to another level. Yeah. And if we could kind of show the uh, that graph again, the yeah. arrow going up and down, and, and I kind of think about as we've gone through this series, there's been moments, yeah. specifically in the second week, when all of a sudden God provided the yeah. ingredients for her, that that there was a high there, 
that was incredible, but it was followed by a pretty significant dip. And it's incredible, as we finish this off, we are going sky high again, right to the moon, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And and honestly, this idea that the story finishes with the statement that she makes, now I know. Her faith is now taken to a new level. And you can know God, and you can know about Him, and you can have faith in Him at this level. And when you go through something, you can come out the other side at this level. Like there are... Faith isn't like you have, it's not on and off. It's something that grows, and, and through the ups, through the downs. In fact, I honestly think that there are things that we can only learn in the lows. Like, there are things about God that we will learn in the lows that we can never learn in the highs. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And there's some lessons and some things that can happen there that will grow our faith to the next level. And so that's really cool. The other thing that's about the story is that she says, Now I know that the word of the Lord is in your mouth, and it's true. Yeah. And so what she came to realize is something that I think we need to consider, is that... She recognized that what God says through the prophet is actually more powerful than my circumstances. Like what God has spoken, and I believe God's speaking through you, Elijah, is actually bigger. You said, "Give me some bread. Give me, make me a, make me a, a bread. Uh, what do you call it? A sandwich. <laughs> make me, make me a meal, and then you can live on the rest for the rest of this famine." And that doesn't make sense. But she did it, and God came through, and she said, "Wow, wow, wow! God speaks through this prophet." Now, he takes her son and prays for her son. Her son comes back to life. She realizes that what God has said is actually vastly superior to what I'm experiencing. We all need to remember that. Yeah, yeah and it, go, it goes back to that question. Yep. When tragedy comes, when hard times hit you, because they will, uh, once maybe there's a vaccine for COVID-19 or, or maybe some of the restrictions we have now disappear, yep. um, there's still going to be downs in life. And it is so important that we remember to look up so important. Remember to look up. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the other thing I'd say as we close our service, I want to share communion. And so if you're at home and you haven't already, uh, if you can grab your communion supplies and, and gather the things that you're going to need for that, we're going to share in the Lord's Supper. And honestly, you need to understand that this story uh, with Elijah is foreshadowing. It's pointing to Jesus, as much of the scripture does. And in this story, we see God at work through the prophet. We see God raise up the son back to life. And after he lays on him three times, which is all symbolic of Jesus, died, God's son, three days, three nights in the tomb, risen uh, to glory forever. And so we have this this sort of analogy going on, and, and we see that God saves her son, but would ultimately offer his own. And and again, we can look at the story and go, wow, this story is all about God doing a miracle for me right now in a hard time. And that's not really the point. The point is trusting in God through it all, because ultimately... We, her son is raised, but it's not the happily ever after we want because eventually, 20, 30, 50 years later, her son dies. She dies. Elijah dies. Everyone following that, like death comes for all of us. And so when Jesus came and died for us, it was so that we could live with him for eternity. So there is a happily ever after. That thing that resonates within us that says there's supposed to be a happily ever after, there is one available now. Because of what Jesus has done. And so as we share in communion, I want to turn to a passage in John. And we're going to read that. And we're going to celebrate communion together, remembering the sacrifice that he made for us. Jesus says this in John 6, 47. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Whoever believes in Jesus, whoever trusts in him, has eternal life. I am the bread of life. And the question for you, if you're watching today, participating in this, do you believe that? Do you believe that he is the bread of life. Do you believe that receiving him is equivalent to receiving eternal life into you? 
He says this in verse 49, Your fathers ate man in the wilderness, and they, <laughs> they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. So as we partake in communion, we're remembering the death, the sacrifice of Jesus, his resurrection, which will follow, and recognizing that that's the hope for our happily ever after. We won't find it in this life. We won't find it in the next 20 years. We won't find it at 80 or 90. We're going to find it in eternity with him forever. He finishes by saying this, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus says, listen, um, I give you my bread, my body, which is broken for you. And if you have elements at home, you can grab those and participate with us. And he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take this, eat this. And the idea of this is not that we're eating Jesus' body, but rather that we're taking in the eternal life that he gave up so that we could have it. And what's cool about this story is God saves the son of the widow. And it foreshadows that God would ultimately give his own son for us. Right? So people are like, why do all these bad things happen? Look what God has done. He's given up his own son. Jesus came and offered his own life as a sacrifice for you and for me so that we could have eternal life with him. So we receive the bread if you have it. We receive the bread with thanksgiving. And then while Jesus was still with his disciples in the upper room, he took a cup and he passed the cup around and they all shared it. We're not going to do that with coronavirus, so we've got our own glasses. But he took the cup and he said, this is the blood. My blood poured out for you, the new covenant in my blood. And uh, his blood was shed for the remission of our sins, for the purification of our sins, so that we could be right with God. And so we receive his blood, and we receive this as a, as a token, as an element, as an emblem of what he did for us. And so I want to just close our time in prayer. Thanks for participating with us today. Um, Father, thank you for... This message series, times like these, the example of Elijah and the widow, her son. God, we recognize today that our faith doesn't grow in a straight line. It's, there's ups and downs. And that our faith is tested, purified, and grows through the ups and through the downs. I pray, Father, for anyone uh, listening to this today who might be experiencing a down moment, might be in a place of despair or loss, uh, that in that moment, instead of selling out, instead of turning from you, that they would run to you. God, that in that low moment they would look up to the hills from whence comes their help. Lord, help each of us to do that, to strengthen and encourage one another in faith and love as we grow together as a church. If there's anyone watching this who has never placed their faith and trust in Jesus, I pray they would do that today. Uh, That they would turn and say, God, I look to you. I trust you with my life now and into eternity. I thank you that there is a happily ever after promised to each and every one who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus. And so we do that today. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.